Hold the Line with Mike Solon is brought to you by the Seattle Police Officers Guild, Seattle's public safety voice. And by Heart to Heart Medical Supply. Heart to Heart is an American company providing FDA-registered respirator masks at the lowest prices. Right now, KN95 masks are just 49 cents each, and three-ply surgical-style masks are only 20 cents each. Use the promo code HOLD5 at checkout to receive an additional 5% off your order. Visit hearttoheart.com. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-A-R-T dot com. Heart to Heart, where great masks are just a click away. Hey, welcome back to Hold the Line with Mike Solon. Today in the podcast, we're going to be going through a tragic situation that impacted our region where two police officers were murdered. We're going to delve into why this occurred, and then we're going to break down a recent Seattle Police Department SWAT shooting via three body-worn videos that were released publicly. Stay tuned. Let's get into it. Yeah. It's far, no father. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish. Not a fight. So recently we lost two heroes taken way too soon. Two police officers humbly serving their communities were murdered in cold blood by violent career criminals. Pierce County Deputy Dom Collada was murdered during a SWAT operation on March 15th. Deputy Collada died the next day on the 16th of March. As we're going through mourning that deputy, remembering his service, on the day that the community came together in a celebration of his life, on March 25th, during the ceremony, we lost another police officer murdered in cold blood by another violent career criminal. Everett police officer, Dan Rocha, doing his job, was gunned down in a Starbucks parking lot in Everett. Links will be in the description of the news stories. And I don't want to dwell too much on this as they're just tragic. Any death is tragic, particularly when it hits home of police officers being taken from us. Why is this occurring? Well, I can tell you one thing in common is that the armed career criminals are emboldened. In fact, any criminal recently is emboldened because of all that law enforcement and all of our communities are dealing with in terms of reform, police bills, that are hindering police officers' ability to enforce law reasonably. The defund police movement post-George Floyd is causing this, and the utter lack of respect that people have, the contempt to law enforcement, is palpable. For context, I had a conversation with a Seattle Police Department motorcycle officer yesterday. 
We're just talking about these tragedies, these two officers being taken, why this is occurring. And he had something that I was pretty, that I thought was pretty profound. He said to me, you know, three years ago when you were on your motorcycle doing your enforcement duties, and you would see somebody either talking on their phone or holding it up in speaker, as we all know that that's illegal to do. He says that if they knew that you were present, you would see them try to, you know, at least take it out of view, that they know that you're there and that you can give them a ticket. They actually cared and didn't want to get caught. He says, now fast forward to today, that same situation. People won't even hesitate to not do that. Well, they'll just keep on, they notice that you're there, they'll just keep on talking. And his words were, were chilling to me. It's basically this said that his takeaway is people don't care anymore. They flat out don't care because they're basically going to say, as they look up at you, I remember his eyes, they looked at me and he, he said, what are you going to do about it? This is coming from a seasoned officer who's been doing this for decades. And so this is where we are in our society. Where law enforcement has been handcuffed, no pun intended, from being able to do our jobs. We've been targeted specifically that we're the problem in our community. The defunding nonsensical activism on behalf of our politicians have created this atmosphere of lawlessness where there's literally lack of, lack of respect for police officers and we have an inability to a degree to do our jobs effectively and reasonably. And we saw last year's police reform bills driven mostly by the activist class needed to be reformed because it was so drastic in their overhaul of our ability to do our jobs that they had to address it in this session to try to fix it. Well, they're not 100% fixed, I can tell you that. It's very difficult for police officers to even pursue suspects. So we have a situation where people aren't stopping for the police anymore. We're having deputies contact armed career criminals, and career criminals are taking the fight to police officers. So I ask you, the audience, What's left after police aren't there for you? If we have violent career criminals who are emboldened because they know there's no enforcement, no accountability for their actions, and police officers are being gunned down, there's an apathetic tone to, with everybody in society, everybody's too strong of a word, but with, I would say, a decent amount of our population towards law enforcement, where does that put us in our society? creates a lawless atmosphere and you can see the violence in Seattle impacting other regions or other cities and townships across our region and we lost two heroes because of this violence something's got to be done so talking about assaults on police officers obviously it's increasing and one breakdown in terms of a video look at this is the recent Seattle Police Department SWAT shooting where you have Three armed criminals do an armed robbery takeover in a Bellevue marijuana shop. And then when police do their jobs and try to intervene and apprehend those suspects, those suspects flee in a vehicle, refuse to stop. So the pursuit continues from Bellevue, goes into parts of King County. we got Bellevue Police Department, King County Sheriff's Office, and the Washington State Patrol in pursuit and coordination to try to stop these armed felons committing, uh, I would say armed criminals, not felons. I don't really know their history. 
So eventually they get into the city limits of Seattle in the South Precinct area. And the Bellevue Police Department, those officers did an outstanding job coordinating and trying to pinpoint where these guys landed and ditched their car. Well, eventually they land in South Seattle, and then Seattle Police Department officers who are on duty, the meager amount that's still available to answer 911 calls, show. And then SPD SWAT, a handful of them respond to the scene. So let's look at three body-worn videos taken from the SWAT officers at the scene. Now I'm going I'm to paint the picture here. So you have a handful of SWAT officers, and their job at that point is to try to assist patrol operations, other officers from other jurisdictions that I just named. What are we to do? Well, we know where these suspects are because the previous officers on scene did an outstanding job pinpointing where these people are. And they pinpointed that two of the suspects, one had already been taken into custody near the fleeing vehicle. Good job on the officers there. So there's two outstanding. Both of them are in a shed of a residence. And um, as police officers set up containment, SWAT officers arrive and set up containment as well and try to take over the scene, and they do an adequate job. So there's one senior SWAT officer on scene. He's on the ground level. You're going to see that in body-worn video three. Guy's been around for a very long time, really competent, and he has the wherewithal in a developing situation to think tactically how to get the best tactical look and to properly approach this evolving scenario safely, taking into considerations of de-escalation, all of that. And so he has the wherewithal to position two other SWAT officers who were there in an elevated position. So he's got a house behind him. And he says, hey, you two, try to get up into the house on an elevated deck so you can see down into this shed. We need to see these suspects and what they're doing. So the first body-worn video that we're going to break down is from the secondary SWAT officer behind the primary SWAT officer in the elevated position. And we're going to look at their actions, talk about that, and um, hopefully give you an understanding as to their thinking and their actions. And we're seeing um, how the situation unfolds. So to break it down, just real close here. Um, March 16th was the day of that armed robbery. Okay, sadly, that was the day we lost Deputy Collada. Okay, and as we fast forward to, um, I would say about the 27-second mark in the video that will be in the description, you see a picture of these armed suspects inside this Bellevue marijuana store. You can see one suspect in black. Looks like he's got a balaclava face mask covering. Looks like he's armed with what appears to be a Glock handgun in his right hand. The other farther uh, piece of this picture is the suspect in the red jacket. He is the one that is eventually fatally shot by SWAT officers just minutes later. Can't see if he's got a gun in his hand there. Maybe if we enhance it, possibly. But just gives you, sets the stage, if you will, of what we're dealing with in terms of the violence these suspects are willing to uh, take, take on to a, make their criminality somewhat successful to get the money from this marijuana store.
about 12.34 in the afternoon, that's when SWAT arrives on scene and the plan is in place, get some people up in elevation. And they, of course, set up, do a great job of getting looks, views on the structure that's in question, where the suspects are. And um, they try to engage in dialogue with the suspects. Well, eventually, one of the suspect suspects wants to come out and surrender. He comes out with his hands up in the air, doesn't want any part of what's about to go down with his partner who's behind him. Now, watch their physical actions in terms of the suspect that eventually engages the SWAT officers with a gun. Watch how he uses the suspect who's surrounding as a body shield. It's incredible what the lack of respect, what would you call maybe a friend, I wouldn't call that a friend, but somebody he's using to gain a tactical advantage to assault the police officers in an attempt, obviously, to murder them, but more importantly is to try to get away. He's using his buddy, put that in relative terms, as a shield. So that shows you the criminality. They're, they're already engaged in an armed robbery here, but they continue down the path of unreasonableness because criminals are unreasonable, and they continue to conduct moronic actions, if you will. So they try to engage in dialogue. doesn't really work well. So about 10 minutes later, that's when this thing breaks down. So let's break down the first body-worn video. Remember, remember this is the second secondary officer behind the officer who's providing lethal cover on the suspects in question. Your job as a second officer there is to be the backup for the primary to assist them with whatever they need, particularly with um, procedures, if you will, if the officer goes down. How do you react? What do you do? And this is all going through an officer's mind in terms of roles, responsibilities um, to figure out what's next and how to try to solve this problem safely. So let's get into it. Enough of me blabbering. Oh, show me your hands, red coat. Red coat, show me your hands. So right now I'm just going to pause it here. So primary officer is obviously the one who's gun up his rifle and he's giving verbal commands to the suspects in the shed. Clear, concise communication. I would argue that this is a form of de-escalation. You're giving them orders. You need to show us your hands and specifically identifying who he's concerned about. You can already see the guy in the black coat who is willing to give up. He's already come out. Seems to be a bigger guy, kind of tall, coming out with the hands up. But due to the elevated position, the tactical advantage these officers have down onto the shed, they have an ability to kind of see deep into that shed. It's a great position to be in. Excellent job on the team leader who's down on the ground. That's the third body one video we're going to be looking at. To have the wherewithal to put these guys up so you can get a different look into the shed. I would argue that if they didn't have this position, they probably wouldn't be able to see or at least get a leg up on the suspects in terms of their physical actions, what they're trying to do, and perhaps officers could have been hurt significantly if they weren't in this tactical position. So we'll break down even further, giving them directions, and this this is how... I mean, it's surprising, I think, for the, for, for the people out there that need to understand how fast these events can evolve. And watch how this officer responds. So you hear that first shot. 
the SWAT officer is so prepared and so tactically sound and his training is just on point that he responds immediately. Very well done. Now, I'm not glorifying this video in terms of anybody's death. What we're, what we're doing is we're highlighting the level of violence that suspects are now using against officers. It's obviously clearly elevated. And the quick response from this officer is professional. He's trying to be reasonable. And it's the suspect's actions that started this. In no way are we glorifying this. Any death is tragic. You all right? Yep, I'm okay. Excellent job by the backup, the secondary officer. Are you okay? He's starting to do his job now. The primary officer, the one who just unfortunately had to engage in lethal rounds against the suspect who fired shots at him, is under control. This is the level of training that Seattle Police SWAT officers have, and I think it's a testament to the team. Being there for 15 years before I took this role on, they're good guys, and... Um, the level of training is, is, is profound. And just imagine you being behind this gun and you just had to take lethal shots at somebody because they shot at you. You're already heightened. Your heart rate's going. This is a serious situation. He delivers responsive rounds back and he's under control. His breathing is on point. He's in control of his, his mind, his physical actions, and he responds to his backup officer. Yeah, I'm okay. Fantastic stuff here. So what are those rounds? So the rounds we just heard there are from the team leader who's on the ground, body-worn video three guy, who respond, responds to what he perceives as a threat still from the suspect in the red jacket. And he delivers what I think are about four rounds at the suspect. And so let's let this play out a bit. You can hear someone screaming. I'm assuming it's probably the suspect one who is giving up, who is obviously overwhelmed and scared and just serious situation. Doesn't want to be take part in this thing. And this is the drama we have to deal with. This is how serious this stuff is. No, no, no. Want me to switch out for you? No, nope, I'm all right. All right. Staying on suspect. So, secondary officer, do you want me to switch out with you? Looking to maybe give the primary guy a break. Hey, do you need to take a break? The primary is so on point. He's like, nope. I'm okay, I'm going to stay on suspect, which means he's got to continue to cover on that suspect because he still sees the suspect in the red jacket as a threat. He just took a shot at him. He delivered what I would count almost 10 rounds at him. And then seconds later, the team leader down below also engaged that suspect because he was still a threat. So he's going to maintain cover on him, doing his job really well. And... Golf clap to the second um, officer here who is just doing his job, making sure that the primary guy is okay. He doesn't need to be switched out. Typically, when you need to switch out, we'll do this kind of thing. Switch out? No. Or you verbalize it. These guys are dialed in. 
Red coat is armed. Took a shot at officers. He's down inside the shed, but still moving. So he's letting people know via the radio communications. Red coat is down. Took a shot at officers. He's still moving. What does that mean? He's still a significant threat. They're going to continue to cover on him. Remember, slowing things down, trying to de-escalate this thing to make sure nobody gets hurt. Now we'll go into the primary officer's body-worn video and get a perspective from what his lens of his camera sees. It's not much, but it's going to show you some physical characteristics of his hands, how he's manipulating the handgun, how under control he is, and we'll break down it break it down just a little bit so it doesn't get overwhelming here. Oh, show me your hands, red coat. Red coat, show me your hands. Both your hands. Yep, I'm okay. So, pause it right here. Just a little, little, little detail I think you might find interesting. So he gets shot at. He immediately responds with rounds back at the suspect, putting that suspect down to a degree. Notice his level of training here. He doesn't stay on the trigger. So you notice the trigger, his right hand, and his forefinger. When he was shooting, obviously he's pulling the trigger, but when he's done... He has the presence and the wherewithal, all because he's highly trained to take his finger outside of the trigger guard. So we all know it in movies. Movies sometimes it drives me insane as a cop. Like when actors keep their finger in the trigger and they're not even shooting the gun. Look, one of the four cardinal rules of firearm safety is keep your finger out of the trigger guard or until you're on target and decided to fire. So he's already decided to fire. He's delivered rounds. Once he's done, takes it off, completely under control. Great professionalism on this part of this officer. You all right? Yep, I'm okay. Okay, so rounds just went off again. So some people you'll watch in training or what have you, they're here. It sounds like they were suppressed rounds. I'll digress a bit. Sounds like those rounds were suppressed, which would mean, in my view, based upon training and working with the team, those sound like suppressed. It's probably coming from a SWAT guy. Having said that, sometimes you people that are, you'll see people that are amped up will go back to their trigger because they hear something else going on? No. This guy's so dialed in, he stays indexed, meaning his finger's outside the trigger guard. He's listening to other rounds. He's doing his job. Professional and calm. Hold the Line with Mike Solon is sponsored by StopDefunding.com. The senseless trend of defunding police departments must be stopped. Over 200,000 reasonable citizens have already signed our petition and we need your help. Visit StopDefunding.com and add your signature to help us protect public safety. Now more than ever, our voices must be heard. Speak up at StopDefunding.com. So now we'll switch to the body-worn video for officer number three down on the ground. This is the team leader position, so it's a different perspective. He had shooting from an elevated position. Now we're going to see a shooting in the bottom position. Two points of view to try to de-escalate the situation and get a better tactical coverage. So what do we see here? Kind of see what appears to be maybe some type of structure that's covered in ivy. Now, you know, having, not having been at the scene, it, it appears to be some decent amount of cover, maybe some concealment. It's not ideal, but again, he's using cover and concealment to his advantage. Why? Armed Criminals have a propensity to 
uh, enact violence and he's worried about his safety and trying to uh, protect himself, but also being in an advantageous position in case he has to address a threat to if he's receiving rounds back, he has some level of reasonable cover to perhaps inhibit those rounds ability from impacting him. Good job using cover and concealment. Notice he's indexed too. Tries to get a better view. Now, as he's peeking around the corner to get a better look at this shed, the body-worn video captures it. Now, it's not the best video quality because I think the lens is hitting the struggle bus when it comes to the foliage in its way. It's having a difficult time focusing deep on the shed with the lens. So it takes some time. Some of the coloring is disjointed here. It is what it is. We're going to work with what we have. But you notice what's picked up here is that first suspect coming out with his hands up. You can look deep as a SWAT officer's job to do and most police officers' jobs to do is to look deep. What's the other threat? So you got to look past this guy. So imagine you've got your rifle. You've got to address somebody who is coming out with his hands up, but you've got a lethal threat behind them. How do you handle that? Hopefully you've got some good training and you can address so you don't get anybody shot that doesn't need to be shot. We'll play it forward. So notice how he's bringing his left hand immediately to his foregrip to try to get control of the gun and address whatever's in front of him. Okay, so he hears the rounds. You can see he's getting a little bit more serious with it. This is a serious situation, and he's getting a good shooting platform. Mind you, he's still peering around a corner. There he goes, full rounds, responds to it. So he hears somebody else screaming. I'm assuming it's that suspect on the ground. Imagine just trying to put yourself in these officer's shoes, let alone the suspect's shoes, too. Not a good situation to be in. Again, we'll get a second look where they they stop the video. Good job, SPD of Public Affairs, breaking this thing down. Good circling of the suspect, clearly coming out with his hands up. You can see a hint of the red jacket suspect behind him. So now we have the advantage of the SWAT officer up top. And it looks like being up top was a sound decision these SWAT officers made because you can look past the suspect who's giving up, the guy in the black jacket, down past that guy to see a significant threat. And that's the red jacket guy looking to ambush officers. Suspects are thinking tactically. How can I use something to provide cover and concealment and then enact my further plan which is to conduct direct action against SWAT officers. Who does that? What reasonable person wants to get it on with SWAT guys? Well, we've already seen it with the uh, tragic death of Deputy Collada on Pierce County SWAT team doing a vehicle takedown on a violent career criminal. These career criminals don't care anymore. And you've got this situation where this suspect, not a wise decision, decides to try to take on Seattle SWAT guys uh, in a tactical disadvantage. Not good. So you can see the first suspect fall to the ground. That's what I would do. I'd get the hell down. I don't want to get hit by any rounds. He gets down on the ground. Now, if you're just an outside person looking at this, you can just imagine if there's like this cell phone video of somebody who's not involved, and then the cell phone video captures 
holy cow, this guy's coming out with his hands up in the air, and he just got shot by the police. And then, of course, you'll throw in race and all that stuff, complete false narrative. But that's how things get spun until the full investigation is learned days later. But you can just see from this, could that that be your first takeaway, that this guy was just given up and then was just gunned down by the police? You could totally take away that, especially if people had nefarious intentions in mind to try to spin this. Well, clearly that wasn't the case. This guy just ducked down the ground to get the hell out of the way, which I would do, because they're engaging the real threat, and the real threat is the guy with the gun and the red jacket. Suspect two, red jacket, still moving around. He's got some kind of gun in his hand. This body-worn video of the officer on the ground decides to take action. So the suspect in the video and um, the red jacket was fatally shot by officers, and the other two individuals in this armed robbery were taken into custody without incident. So that's a quick breakdown of what's occurring to police officers across our region, and I would argue across our nation. We're seeing a level of violence we haven't seen in a very long time. I'm going to put blame on police inability to do our jobs effectively to protect the community because of these naive reform bills that impacted us, and then they had to get reformed again because there was an overcorrection. I think reasonable people would agree with that. And we have lack of prosecution to a large degree with criminals. There's no accountability, it seems, for their actions. It's the reasonable community, all of us that are being impacted by this. We have low police staffing numbers uh, at, at a level we haven't seen in decades. Really concerned about that. And um, police continue to get blamed for society's problems on false narratives. That continues. It hits the morale of, a, of the soul of an officer of why we became police officers in the first place. And if criminals feel as if they're not going to be held accountable, then who's going to stop them from continuing their, crimin- their, their criminal actions? Well, guess what? Nobody. So, folks, that puts police and you in a real bad predicament. It's violent out there. We don't have the staffing numbers that would keep it safe for us, let alone you. And so what are we to do? Well, course of action, I put it on you, please. Help police. You know, we're not perfect. I'm not saying we are. We're humans. But more often than not, we try to do the right thing. And the majority of us, maybe this viewership too, Really, the only interaction we have with police on a daily basis, I wouldn't say daily, but in your lifetime, in your adulthood, is what? Traffic stops? I mean, most of you are law-abiding citizens. So you might get pulled over by a traffic cop. You're like, oh, man, now i got to pay a fine. What have you? That's really the extent of our interactions. And if you were to look at that, just innocuous as that is, it's a negative contact, right? You're getting pulled over for something you probably don't know what you did. And then you're automatically just having a, bit of an issue. And it's hard to see past the human, the person in uniform who's enacting on the government interest to hold you accountable because you're violating some type of civil infraction or maybe some kind of law violation. Not sure. But for the most part, I think the reasonable citizens support law enforcement. That's why I urge you, call to action. You got to get involved here, folks. We're barely hanging on in terms of a a profession. Some would say that it's the profession's dead. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that word I would say that the profession is just not doing well. 
Because um, we can't get anybody to take the job. Who would want to do this under this scrutiny? Not many people have, and that's the reason why people are bailing. And this level of violence is through the roof. So call to action is for you. You've got to get involved in your local school board elections. You've got to get involved in your city council races. You have to get involved at the state level for your state representatives. Take back control from the activist class, that small, vocal group of people that push false narratives more often than not. you got to take back control because we're losing it here. And we're losing quality people. Two heroes were just killed in one week. Violent career criminals feel emboldened. People out there feel emboldened, lack of respect to law enforcement. We're at a tipping point here, folks. I need you. We need you to get involved. Like, comment, subscribe. Put your comments down below. I'll try to answer them. Share this podcast. We have to get the word out. Police are fantastic humans. We're not perfect. We're trying to do the best we can. Pay respect to the, uh, the deputy and the officer that were just taken. Rest in peace. You are both heroes. And pray that law enforcement officers go home at the end of their shift. If we do all that, all of us can continue to hold the line. Thanks. Thanks.